another sports next door podcast my name is owen today is monday may 23rd happy victoria day to our listeners here in canada and i enjoyed as i always am by my neighbor max how's it going my friend had a nice victoria day hanging out with some friends in the park first game of spike ball underway proper picnic uh it not that it's really an issue in ontario having a couple beers out in the park but it is nice to know that if police officer happens to come by having food presence means you're actually 100% above board a-okay and then rounded off the pleasant afternoon evening taking advantage of that dominoes 50% off and feeling too stuffed for a beer right now so all in all pretty good day off nice to get two of those in a row for a change Uh, how are you doing Good, man. Good. Back-to-back, no beer pods. And you must not have seen the Ontario news, but it is in fact legal to drink in public parks this summer. They mm. legalize that. Um, so that will be, of course, nothing much changing really because people <laughs> would drink anyways, but uh, that will be used to the full extent this summer, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm doing well. Uh, good long weekend. Got to unwind. Initially planned to go uh, to Toronto, but the lingering COVID concerns uh, from this past week kind of held up those plans. So spent the weekend here in London, hanging out, um, crazy storm ripped through here and in the rest of Southwestern Ontario. Not sure if you caught some of that in Montreal, but uh, trees down everywhere, like full trees split and falling. And yeah, the carnage was, it's, it's another, we had that thunderstorm chat a couple of weeks ago, but the carnage is a little bit, scary and a little bit awe-inspiring um and besides that not so much an exciting weekend a lot of opportunity to sit inside and watch some great sports action uh we'll be talking hockey basketball and tennis but as well uh the pga championship finishing up yesterday afternoon formula one with the spanish grand prix uh and and we also had some other action as well in terms of uh great playoff action across the board there. And of course, baseball always in full swing, but Max, we're going to kick things off in the NBA. Both of us getting to watch a significant amount of both of these game threes and, and lots to talk about Um, some surprising stuff for sure coming out of these games. Uh, And we'll kick it off in Dallas, in Texas uh, with the Mavericks going down to that very much uh, unsavory, 3 position in the series. No team in the NBA, of course, has ever come back from a 3-0 series deficit. And this looks to be the end uh, of another magical Luka Doncic run to just a superior team, it seems. Yeah, that's, I mean, dropping 38, 39, 40 points, somewhere around there. In this game three, I thought he did as well as he could. And just too much of an uphill struggle when you're getting out rebounded giving up way too many second chance points and some of your key role players who have shot the ball well all series for you just lay a big fat goose egg there's only so much one man can do i thought luca did it all but as you said the superior team not an invincible unbeatable team in 
my opinion, but the better team winning out in game three. And I guess, has any team ever pushed it to a game seven after going down uh, three nothing? I think it's happened three or four times, uh, but no team has ever completed that, that full comeback. That's it, because I would think the momentum in game seven all the way going to that underdog. Uh, I mean, we talked about it earlier with the Raps in round one, but if they had pushed to that game seven, gotten it, especially with the way Philly crowds tend to heckle their own team, it, it just coming from that hockey background, it feels weird to start talking about this series in an autopsy, it's over manner, but uh, hard to go against a 100% precedent. So I don't know if you want to get into this game specifically or more of a series overview here. Yeah, we, we didn't get to talk game two. We can overlay it quickly here and, and get into our game three. But uh, both games, two and three, the Mavs getting off to better starts than, than game one there, uh, but still managing to come up short. The overall theme of these games have been the poor shooting performances from these Dallas Mavericks. Um Thought we were going to see a bit of a change after game one's really poor shooting performance. Uh, they do light it up in the first half of game two and then have struggled now again for about a game and a half here to put the ball in the basket. If it's not Dinwiddie or Doncic, um, Brunson start has started to look a lot better. He's been taking over a little bit more and attacking Curry and Poole, but not enough from guys like Maxi Kleba, who completely swung the first two rounds for them and then uh as well reggie bullock who spends a lot of energy playing defense on one end maybe you start to see that going to his legs a little bit now here in the third round and just when those shots aren't falling golden state's getting out in transition um and and getting the looks that they want uh and they've just been the superior team in all facets of the game you mentioned the rebounding kevon looney and otto porter had an excellent performance in game two just creating extra possessions. And, and every time the Warriors get an offensive rebound, like because of the shooting they have behind the perimeter, it, it almost feels like they always score on that second opportunity because you're scrambling to find your assignment. Uh, and it's just getting sprayed back out for a, for a wide open three. Um, and, and in game three, it, it, the trend continued with, with a lot of hustle by the Warriors and, and none more so than Andrew Wiggins, who had his, truly his coming out party in this game where game one he was great in exposing some mismatches but in this game he he had everything in his bag 27 points guarding Luka Doncic for the majority of his 40 minutes on the floor uh and really really special stuff capitalized by the poster that will be making its way around the basketball world for many years to come uh the jaw dunk and the Wiggins dunk are probably the top two moments from this playoff so far yeah, worth the challenge by Steve Kerr just to set the books correctly on this play. Regard, I don't care if the Warriors are up 40. He's got to challenge that just so it goes down in the books the correct way. Uh, Maple Jordan, uh, his first role in this game, the Guardian of Doncic, you can see that just reflected in Doncic is on the court, Wiggins is on the court, Doncic comes off. Wiggins comes off, Luca gets up, Andrew's getting right back up. So anything after that is a bonus because I I mean you can't say he shut down Luca in this series. He gets his points as I think 
you can probably call him the best offensive guard in the league at in this moment. Um, just hard to argue with the playoff production. No one else has been that consistent. But he holds him, Andrew holds him to enough, makes his life miserably difficult. Uh, and then it felt the second chance points just seemed effortless for him. Like he, he was just kind of hopping casually and just right besides the rim. He's so sneaky in there. Uh, those points easy for him in this system where he doesn't have to be a guard. He doesn't have to be the primary scoring option. He does, the bigs are there providing the majority of the rebound, just some effortless places for him to really let loose. And it, it's not what he was projected to be going way back. The hype of a first overall pick rarely lived up to, but a lot of it comes close. I'm so happy to see our Canadian thriving after years of heckling and disappointment somewhat undeservedly. Yeah, it's a pretty remarkable transition of the expectations that he had placed upon himself, the overwhelming disappointment of fans for him being a, a good stats, bad team guy, um, and then finally getting moved. That's an incredible trade now for the Warriors, looking back, that they get Wiggins and Kaminga for D'Angelo Russell uh, uh, in that deal. And again, when the trade was made, in everyone's mind, it was this is the perfect guy to put as your wing stopper. It used to be Harrison Barnes. It used to be Andrea Godala. And now it's Andrew Wiggins. But can he buy in? Because he has never done that in his career. And we're finally seeing it in its full-fledged form. And it's awesome to see because besides him, they don't really have anyone. No, they have no one who can stay in front of Luka. Um, and he's doing his absolute best. And any offense he contributes is a bonus. And 27 points is like you're going to win every single time if he gives a performance like he did last night. Um, really, really impressive stuff. Really happened for him. The next stop is the Canadian men's national team. Uh, he has yet to play any significant games for that team. And I'd, I'd love to see him do that. Now, if you're the Dallas Mavericks, you're starting to think not just about what game four is going to look like, but what are the next adjustments that you need to make with your team? Brunson and Dinwiddie are great as secondary contributors, but are they in the same tier as someone like a Jordan Poole or someone like an Andrew Wiggins or a Kyrie Irving or an Anthony Davis or a Jalen Brown, all of these secondary contributors on top teams. Um, and, and do they necessarily have, they have the one move of going five out and creating space, but is that sustainable when it's Luca getting a 40% usage for all of these games and really breaking down and could they use a little bit more size and defending? Like it felt like golden state could just get a layup whenever they wanted to in this game. Uh, so you're looking for always looking for better defenders. <laughs> Any team in the league is looking for that. So that's an easy one, but then is there a center out there? Is it a Deandre Ayton? Is it a, uh, I don't know. Um, someone in the draft, is it a Jalen Smith potentially? Is it, I, I don't necessarily know where you go there, but is there a, a, someone slightly bigger than Kleba who can protect the paint for you and not just make you have to go five out all the time. Uh, Cause Dwight Powell is fine. 
but he's not that interior presence that you'll need against some of these bigger teams in the Western Conference. And Dallas got a f- couple lucky matchups in that sense with with uh, Utah being they'll be their offensive port was able to outweigh what they were giving up on the defensive end and same with Phoenix, but now with golden state showing them Kevon Looney somehow is out of those three centers is the biggest problem for them in terms of rebounding and physicality. Uh, and they just need someone bigger to be able to handle that presence. Yeah. I, I thought uh, Van Gundy and Miller said it pretty well on the broadcast somewhere towards the end of game three, you, you can do one thing badly in a playoff game. You can lose the rebounding battle, but you've got to make up for it. And all series, they've made up for it with their shooting. And in this game, in game two, Bullock had a nice game. Mm-hmm. Weba less so, uh, but just in game three, a, a lot of open looks that he's got to hit. And if he hits them, I think the Mavericks take this one, but he didn't. And that's it. I, I think if when you look at this year at a macro level for the Mavericks, uh, especially Dinwiddie and Brunson, maybe those aren't the exact pieces, but you found the type of piece you're looking for. Um, that there's this kind of common sense reasoning that you have your franchise guard. Now it's time to go get your number two. Of course, it's going to be a big. And that was what Porzingis was. And looking back, that was trying to fit a round circle in a square peg. Um, Getting guards who can also create their own shot, take some of that burden off Luka, and then having role player bigs who can shoot the ball and space the floor has worked really well for the Mavericks in the second half of the season. They fall a little short in this playoffs, but I think they hit the formula. Um, Of course, you can always upgrade, but I think they found the makeup and chemistry and system for this team. Uh, It was an adjustment made midway through the season. So if I'm Mavericks ownership, if I'm Jason Kidd, I'm not trying to start from scratch again and rebuild i'm looking at the success you had with brunson and dinwiddie i'm very nervous about retaining brunson and doubtful there um but but i think that's the right fit you find one or two other guards who can create their own shot take up the ball when luca isn't you have your three and d guys and finney smith bullock hardaway jr when he's healthy and then maybe you find an upgrade for a Powell or a Kleba, but I like what I saw from this Mavericks team. I They came so close, and I don't, I don't think it's unwinnable with that type of system, and I'd like to see it tried again with a little more chemistry developed, and I don't know, I guess the counter, the only counter-argument I have with that is just they played good defense in this game. Um, they worked hard, but oh, it was the effort on the rebounding that cost them so many second chance points. They weren't, and they've shown effort all playoffs, which it wasn't that they don't know how to dig deep. They don't know what that playoff mentality, you don't make it to the third round without knowing how to do those things. They just ran out of gas. So the only question you have to ask yourselves is, can you go full 
four rounds doing that. Um, you mentioned Bullock's shooting being impacted by the defense he had to play. If you can solve that problem of energy and effort, make sure your three and D guys can both play D and hit the threes. Make sure your team has enough size to do a little better rebounding. I'd like to see them try again. Yeah, it's it's an important point. And I think we see Dallas win game four because uh, it's really hard to get a sweep in this in this league, but I don't see Golden State messing around much longer with, with what they've been able to accomplish. And we've talked a lot of Dallas, but Steph Curry's been awesome in this series. Um, Draymond Green has been himself uh, everywhere on the defensive end. Of course, we already talked about Wiggins and Poole and Thompson contributing sporadically. Uh, but it's been really impressive all the way around. They've gotten they've gotten a lot out of their role players here uh, in this series, and and I don't know if I'd pick them as the favorite in in a matchup in the finals against Miami or Boston. But it's really impressive what they've done now. This will be a sixth trip to the finals in I think it's eight years, um, and and that is up there with the great dynasties of of the league in terms of performance. So. Uh, really great stuff and it's more fun to root for this team now that they aren't the death star warriors i think also the most terrifying thing which i was thinking about during this game three is this is a team that's tanked the last two years they get their wiseman they get their kuminga and those players have no role right now in this current surge so they have some top 10 i know moody's played a bit and uh they are looking or been a contributor to the success so far, but this team's getting better next year. Um, it's scary thought. Yeah, Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman. I'm sure they move one of those guys, uh, and it could be with an Andrew Wiggins to bring in something less expensive and and just as productive um, next year. Because however much success they're having, it it is expensive the success that they're having uh, and they do have the ability to move off of that um, and still get better next year. All right. Spent a lot of time on that one. Um, we'll move along to Sunday or Saturday night raw, AKA game three between the Miami heat and the Boston Celtics. Uh, we had guys getting hurt and coming back five minutes later, they got something in that water in Boston or the trainers are just, from another planet uh jimmy butler on the other side getting hurt leaving kyle lowry getting treatment throughout the game uh we had tyler hero who's not playing tonight get hurt just injuries all over the place this was a football game so much physicality uh and we talked about the wiggins luca matchup oh my gosh this pj tucker jason tatum matchup is a nightmare and it is a bloodbath um pj being really physical with him at all times even in dead ball situations he just always seems to have a hand on him in his jersey always seems to be whispering in his ear uh he's a dog and that is what he did to kevin durant last year in the second round and at 37 years of age he is all the way up in jason tatum's grill and it's really fantastic to see um, this series has been so much fun right away after Boston battling their way out of Milwaukee, they come in and get another slugfest and Miami gets a huge win on the road where they probably should have won more handily, 
Boston goes on a big run after being down 19, 20 points. 26, I think. Yeah, and they make it all the way to within one. Brown with a massive three, 40 points. We'll talk about his dribbling a little bit later. Uh, and then Max Struess hits a gigantic three, like, and deep too. And with the fans losing their minds and shushes the crowd, next possession, bam, out of bio, pump fakes, then just tosses up something at the end of the shot clock, scores it. And Miami holds on without Butler um, and, and steals game three. And, and that's a gut punch for Boston. Um, but if you're Miami on the other side, probably didn't want it to be as close when you're up 26. Just a weird, weird, funky game with some weird flow uh, and, and lots to talk about. Uh, this one was as well. Max, your, your thoughts? Yeah, you mentioned a lot of WWE storylines there. The comeback, the injuries, the physicality all adds some very, very seemingly one-sided refing as uh, one more storyline. I think the free throw totals something ridiculous before the last minute in seven where the Heat got a bunch of intentional fouls uh, with the Heat totally outscoring the Celtics in the paint it's really hard to understand how the whistles went one way so frequently uh, hero a really rough shooting night um, but a lot of drives to the net where he was catching wax that uh, Jalen Brown who will get to as you said uh, on those same drives seemed to be getting the calls bam out of bio a huge part of that first half that saw the 26 point lead it's like he remembered hey i can dribble the ball and attack the net and despite this celtics team being a bit bigger there's no one on this team especially with robert williams out who can do a thing to me uh let's talk about the impact kyle lowry had from the tip off just accelerating the pace um the hockey passes or the direct assists even without any particularly fantastic three-point or layup offense from him. Um, the pace he pushes for this Heat team really just adds an extra bounce in their step. It ha- I don't know if it's been confirmed that the Butler knee inflammation came from Peyton Pritchard's pl- really dirty play. Um, that, like, did you see the clip? I did not, actually. Okay. That was something I missed from Ooh. that game. It's really bad. Um, Pritchard falls down, and as Butler's blowing by him, he gets an arm hand up, goes right above the knee, and pulls Butler down. Um, I, as far as dirty plays in the playoffs go, I, I don't think I've seen one worse than that because there's no question of like, well, take out Dylan Brooks. <laughs> I got, but like, it's work if you're charged on your feet charging after the guy trying to get a stop on a fast break even though like in um cool head head hindsight no heat of the moment there's no justification you can at least kind of follow the rationale but when you've fallen down you have no chance defensively of impacting the play yeah did not like that one bit um and then it, it feels like the prerequisite for this Celtics team to win is a fantastic night from both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And in this game three, they get one, but not the other. And uh, without Tatum putting up 20 plus, this team doesn't seem to have the depth. Whereas 
this Miami team, other than Butler, no one's going to give them that easy 30 plus or the way those two, but it's just different guys at different times. It can be Hero, it can be Lowry, it can be Vincent. It was out of bio for a bit. It was Strauss for a bit. Um, Martin will come like at, when Tatum and Brown go, the Celtics are the better team. But if they can stop one of those two guys, then the often the Heat just someone is more likely to find a way. Yeah, I. I kind of disagree there, with, which is why I picked Boston to win this series, because even though Miami was up by so much during this game, it feel, still felt like the Celtics were inevitable. And maybe that's because no they problem. were at home. Um, maybe and, because, yeah, it just that Peyton Pritchard creates something. Uh, Derek White tonight is already showing off. Celtics getting off to a 21 to four start uh, in the first quarter here in game four. Um, and Grant Williams will knock it down. Al Horford creates something. And even with Tatum having his worst game of the playoffs, Jalen Brown puts up 40. But he, the big thing for this Boston team was they gave up the ball way too easily. Tied their uh, season high in turnovers. And Victor Oladipo had himself a massive, massive quarter. I think he contributed on five or six steals in one quarter there in the third, uh, all over the place. And Jalen Brown couldn't even show him half the basketball without him taking it away from him. And uh, there Miami's going to need that from Oladipo tonight. The, of course, the, the, the cliche that everyone's throwing around is we forget that he was a cusp all NBA player at his prime before the knee quad injury. Um, he'll never be back to that. I don't think with the athleticism uh, downgrade, but still a really great player that Miami has coming off their bench. And it just depends what version they get from the, him on a nightly basis. But if he can continue to lock in defensively, like he did in game three, then that's a problem for Boston. I, uh, it, yeah. Fascinating to see how Miami's going to respond here early in game four tonight. Yeah. I'll go back to what we said after game two and pat myself on the back a little, the two comments I remember one being, there's no chance Boston shoots the three ball as well again in this series. And that happened in game three. And also in game one, uh, the Heat having a massive, massive quarter for creating turnovers, steals led by Butler. And that's exactly what happened in the first quarter of game three. Um, Jimmy Butler, I think, had four steals there. Oladipo picked up the slack in the third quarter. No Jimmy Butler, I give this series to the Celtics, but um, if he, just one quarter a game, he seems to lock in defensively and get the heat, like 10 easy points, um, just relentless uh, bloodhound in those passing lanes and with all the different weapons that don't, even if they're functioning at 40%, like the wheel keeps on rotating and one of them gets going, and as long as the defense can lock in enough, hold one of those two guys down, uh, it goes. I'm glad they're only in the first quarter because I'm not getting to this game until tomorrow night. This is unbelievable. They have scored four points in the quarter and there's less than two minutes left. Okay. Wow. This every first quarter has been, if not the first quarter, the second yeah. blowouts this year. Like, Nice to finally have a close one in game three. That also something I remember talking about the last pod. Um, 
This is shocking. Wow. It is Butler. really shocking. Yep. No hero, though. It is currently 26 to 6 with a minute and a half left in the first quarter. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. As I speak so confidently about why the Heat will win this series. Uh, it's going to be back and forth, just like it was with Milwaukee. Um, I think this one's going to right down to the wire here. Uh, a series that has not gone down to the wire so far. Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers as we go into talking hockey here. Um, Before Max, we any that, final thoughts? Yeah. yeah. I just want to say I like whatever team comes out of the East to beat the Warriors. All right. We shall see. We shall see. On this Tampa, Florida series, 0-0, second intermission, heading to the third uh, uh, oh. in, in Tampa. Um, I think we had a goal called back there, so we'll have to, we'll have to take a look at that. The score and seen one nothing, but now it's showing up 0-0. Zero, zero. <laughs> it's, it's hard to take as a Leafs fan. That's really where I want to go with, with this series is every time Tampa scores, the knife plunges a little bit deeper into my soul. Um, and, and it's crazy that Florida's invested so much into this team and, and this is becoming, or this may become their, their new dragon. It might become Toronto's first round or uh, Colorado's St. Louis or, or Washington's Pittsburgh, uh, if Florida can't get over their rival, their in-state rival, um, and and we'll see how Game Four finishes up. But this could be a really disappointing end to a fun series uh, in Florida. Yeah, after last year, which I think went six games, but really was a battle. Really, in the early stages, felt like it could go to either team before the Lightning locked in. We we're expecting more of that. Um, it's so game three is such a crazy thing for momentum where if it's two one and if you're down to nothing and then you make it two one you've got all the momentum going into game four it's not hard to imagine a two two tie heading into a best of three and three nothing all the life sucked out nothing going for you uh hard to imagine the comeback happening and that's where the panthers sit I don't know what the difference in attitude between us is where I just look at this lightning team and what they're doing to the president's trophy winning Panthers, who, as we have talked about, were constructed to when all in on this roster, winning a Stanley cup, uh, watching what the bolts are doing to them this series, um, just finding their moments with certainty and having their way seemingly getting a bit easier for them every game. I just think, damn, we lost to a really good team who we pushed really, really far. Uh, Hope we can learn something and take something away from that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first steps, big step, Mark Giordano, two years, 800K, huge, huge discount. Big ups to Kyle Dubas getting Morgan Riley and Giordano, uh, about 2 million below probably their market value, um, which is an excellent first step. And hopefully that frees up a little bit of wiggle room to sign some of the other guys around this team. Um, lots to do in the off season for the Leafs. Yeah. Um, speaking of picking up things and learning, how about Evander Kane? <laughs> well, it's easy when you're playing with the greatest player on the planet. 
you got to be in the right place at the right time and you got to have excellent finishing skills. And once you have those qualities, yeah, it's pretty easy to get a natural hat trick. Uh, <laughs> he got some great feeds from McJesus last night. Um, Connor McDavid, 23 points in 10 games in the playoffs <laughs> is nuts. Sidney Crosby, Conn Smythe winning year, I think it was 2018 Stanley Cup playoffs had 19 points in 24 games just to put that into perspective wow mcdavid is on another planet uh just toying with the flames out there i really thought they were going to try and confine his airspace like uh teams that had success against edmonton have done in the past but easier said than done they have been unable to do so they've tried the game has kept open and that's eventually going to swing Edmonton's way because when you have a guy who is the best in the world at operating in open ice, uh, it's going to lead to endless points. And that is what has happened. I think he's got nine already in three games in this series. It's, it's just stupid. And uh, yeah, the flames are really going to have to recalculate what they want the style of this series to be because they're letting it get out of their hands a little bit. I mean, one of those goals, um, a lot of pressure, by the flames top line but just on the breakout he's on another level right now he's creating that space he's getting he's making that open ice happen and he's demanding so much attention uh, and is just so absurdly skilled at dishing out the puck in the right time and space um, it's thrilling to watch i just caught the highlights on this one but um <laughs> three kind of identical goals on that hat trick for Kane and you're right it is mostly McDavid to talk about on all three of them I think Dreisaitl with one assist there though yeah yeah as well he's he's all right too I guess (laughs) shout out to my boy McDavid he got me my free my free coffee this week so already already been using that (laughs) really great stuff needed that win needed that win a couple goaltender interference uh, mishaps in in this weekend uh, in the NHL. Of course, Lucic running into Mike Smith from behind. That was an interesting one. He gets no further discipline. And then Nazem Kadri getting forced into Jordan Binnington, knocks Binnington out of the series. Um, Kadri has been suspended four years running in the playoffs. Don't think he's going to get anything for this one. Looked pretty uh, unintentional. And Bennington throwing his water bottle at Kadri in the post-game presser and then Kadri receiving some, some unfortunate, well, that's too soft a word, racist threats from St. Louis fans. Come on, people. Let's keep it together here. It's unacceptable. Um, and and Kadri's been a big part of the series, right? He, him, Kachuk, uh, Marshawn. Uh, whoever else you want to throw in there, Pat Maroon, Corey Perry, right? These are the guys you want to have on your playoff hockey team because they get under the skin of, of the opposition. And, and not to mention Kadri is incredibly skilled as well, scoring an awesome tip goal uh, on the power play in game three. And the Avalanche get a great performance out of Arturi Lekkanen, noted uh, Stanley Cup finalist last year with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, and, and that team, Need some performances from guys who have been there, done that. 
in order to overcome this St. Louis team. And Billy Huso had a fantastic regular season, but it look, he, he looked a little bit out of his depth here in the playoffs when the lights shine brighter. Uh, and we'll see if St. Louis can hold on here as the avalanche are a wagon. And this could be their year to finally get over that hump. Yeah, we talked about this game as a really important momentum one, and they're able to take it. So it's not over till it's over, but a huge step in winning that game three for the Avalanche. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, don't really have any thoughts on the Rangers Hurricanes. So if we want to jump into three minutes here of tennis talk, if you got it for us, Max. Yeah, quick hits. Uh, the big, most notable match happening so far, Felix Ojealiasim goes down in his first two sets in the first round at Roland Garros. He's able to claw his way through it and survive. So some thrilling tennis from the get-go there. Uh, other than that, it seems to all be pretty cut and dry as expected so far. No big upsets as of yet, but we're really just getting rolling. Shapovalov not even playing his first match at yet. Uh, so everything pretty straightforward on the ATP side so far. Oh, I don't know uh, if you have anything on the WTA you'd like to touch on. Just shout out to my girl, Bianca, finally back getting her first win in a hard fought contest going 6-0, I think, in the third set, but it going to a third set. So shout out Bianca. She's back. Layla won her opening round. We just need Chapo to take care of business here, and we'll have our Canadians moving through the second round. Looking forward to following them. Yes, uh, next this Friday, I guess, we'll have had a couple more matches in as the French will be properly underway and rolling. So our first true check-in coming then. Uh, this podcast coming not even one round through and it was a busy Victoria day so not a hell of a <laughs> tennis talk to touch on here ah we made it through man I, we just got into hockey at the 10 minute mark I was a little worried for time but hey we have a whole extra minute oh if you have anything else to get off yeah I don't know zoom if you want to sponsor the podcast with some uh, longer than 40 minute sessions might have to change our video chat of of Ooh. choice if if this continues to go on uh saw the new Dr. Strange movie this weekend which was surprisingly graphic for a Marvel movie uh, a little bit more of horror elements they mentioned that that was the case but not really my thing uh and and definitely had some shocking moments but enjoyable fun uh, and, and yeah, I hope everyone had an awesome weekend or long weekend. We got Memorial Day coming up next week for our friends south of the border. So hopefully everyone has a great time then. And thanks everyone so much for listening. Max, anything to send us on our way? Really happy to see Black Braid making it onto Spotify. Uh, banging barefoot ghost dance on blood-soaked soil. Oh, river of time flows through me also a nice one uh, just two songs out by the black metal native american artist so far looking forward to more and highly recommend checking that out uh also the first my chemical romance song in eight-ish years coming out this past week that one's also a banger um if you're looking for some music to check out this week uh, that's all for me sports next door signing out